This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. Today I am joined by somebody who, if you are on the London gay scene, if you are connected to the queer scene in London in any way, you will know this fabulous person's name. It is the incredible, the delightful Johnny Wu. I'm here. Hello, everybody. How are you? And I'm gay. It's, yeah, <laughs> you, you are gay. We were just discussing how Johnny is the first gay man we've ever had on this yeah. show. Obviously not true. Uh, Johnny, I really wanted to, to talk about the, the gay community and the, and the queer scene in yeah. London because you have had such an amazing impact on it. Right. Um, and it's amazing to have you here today. And it's actually the first time I've seen you just as yourself, not, not performing. I've, okay. I've seen you perform before. Okay. And I know you have... You've You've been doing this a long time. I know that. So, Not I want too long. <laughs> a few, couple just a, of years, just two a, years, just a few years. So, how did you kind of get into being a queer performer? A queer performer. I went to New York in two thousand. Well, yeah. I actually went to New York in nineteen ninety nine to um, continue studying um, contemporary dance mm-hmm. and um, I met people out there who were strippers and drag queens of the alternative variety. Yeah. The burlesque scene was just starting out downtown um, in a bar called the Slipper Room was one of the main places. Um, I met this wonderful uh, drag queen from London called Lavinia Co-op, okay. who was living there. And I went out with, with them and um, another guy called Brandon Olson. And I borrowed this tassel dress from um, the back of the shop where I was living. And Lavinia lent me a pair of marabou marabou heels <laughs> and I had this short wig and I, a smear of makeup as you do when you start out and um, I just kind of went out and we kind of went out to this club called Jackie 60 and I think yeah. Jackie 60 was coming to the end of its um, end of its kind of reign downtown in this club called Mother I think is where it was at and it was this kind of party which had this continuous performance this continuous performance was going on of these, um, I don't know. I, I could only describe them as like alternative downtown yeah. performers. I didn't, I didn't see anything like it really, and um, that was kind of my first, first kind of introduction to that kind mm-hmm. of performance in clubs. You know, I'd seen performance in London clubs, which is more old school kind of drag. Really, yes. it was. I didn't really interest me. Um, and very soon after that, I started talking with my friend Brandon. I mentioned him, and we started doing about kind of making performance stuff, really. Yeah. And just kind of doing stuff together. I was still kind of doing dance, and it was my aim to be doing dance. And that was the kind of trajectory I'd kind of gone to New York to do. Yeah. And then I found myself making kind of like spoken word pieces and doing them in these burlesque nights, um, which were kind of. Kind of so some women who were kind of doing burlesque for the first time, a lot of strippers, a lot of people had come from stripping and would kind of m- bringing that into kind of more with a more artistic kind of angle. Yeah. So it was very kind of like provocative and very raw and bit kind of a punky and old school and new school. Mm-hmm. Not so much kind of like the vintagey style you get now, but, um, you know, poly- political ideas, you know, so we'd be doing spoken word and with a heel and a 
thong. And, <laughs> you know, and it was kind of that kind of thing. That, so that's where it started. Just like really, really pushing boundaries, I guess. I guess. I was, I was as much pushing my boundaries as anything else. Yeah. And I was very open to, you know, ideas of what performance was possible. Mm. Um, you know, I'd never thought about doing spoken word. I had no idea what it was. It was like yeah. a mixture of poetry and prose and beats and sounds and kind of like me and my friend Brandon who's coming over to the show in November um, on October Amazing. actually um, we were just we were totally experimenting totally experimenting about being gay in New York at that time about drinking about drugs about HIV about sex you know about everything we were just kind of talk we'd, we'd tell each other stories and kind of then you know put it to a beat yeah you know and that was the performance and yeah We'd roll around a chair in nighties. Amazing. Yeah, so that's what it was. I, I, found, I thought it was really interesting there that you kind of mentioned the traditional British drag scene, for yeah. instance, you know, because that that was kind of born from, like, working men's clubs. Yeah. And that's where drag, you know, came from. And yeah. I think it's amazing that you went over to America and you saw something different. Because, you know, because how the LGBT plus community came together in America is very different to how it came together over here. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's incredible that you went over there, really fell in love what, with what they were doing and said, I, I want to bring this yeah, back. I, I want to bring this to London. I wasn't interested in drag at all over yeah. here. I'd seen it. I'd gone to kind of, you know, I was out clubbing. In, I was at college in Birmingham. So I was seeing drag in Birmingham. And a lot of it was kind of like the tacky end of drag. You know, it's called tacky drag. Mm. That was the label for it. And that was basically kind of like, look at my gross, hairy vagina. Do you know what I mean? That, <laughs> yes, was, kind of, sure. that was kind of the level. Sure. That was kind of the level of it. And I had, didn't have an interest in that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I hadn't been going to the Vauxhall Tavern and seeing, you know, the better, more established drag queens. I hadn't, you know, been watching Lily Savage particularly. I hadn't. Um, I don't know if Lily Savage was on the TV by the mid '90s. Was Lily Savage on the TV? I by think then? so. Yeah, she? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I hadn't seen that level of pub drag. Do you yes, know what I mean? Sure. I'd only, I'd only really see the the, the bottom end. So mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't interest me. You know, I, you know, good kind of like pub drag queen now. And you know, I think yeah, fair play to you. That's it's not easy. Um, so yeah, so I was kind of seeing kind of you know drag and transgender. I was right in this kind of like conversation around. I don't know, a lot of stuff we're doing would be would do poems about kind of transgender and transvestites, which mm. we wouldn't really I wouldn't really do now because the conversation's moved on. But at that time we were fascinated by Amanda Lepore or Sophia Lamar or this notion or these characters in these really underground bars like there was this bar called Cheese Whiz. Cheese Whiz, this and there's Club Night <laughs> run by this wonderful drag queen called Sweetie, who's now unfortunately she's she uh, she um died of I think stomach cancer kind of last year or something Miss Kimball is a good friend of hers actually and um, she had this kind of late night lip syncing bar and she'd get up and she'd do this lip syncs to all the songs all the lip syncs were the same but she just did it you just thought she was singing them she was so good yeah. her breathing was spot she just I'd never seen anyone do it like her she'd often take her shoes off to do it she was this kind of like big guy who kind of big hair she was very warm and you know the kind of the, um, the great the and the, and the bad of downtown scene would go. Justin Bond would be down there, would get up and do a lip sync. You know, it's kind of um, Rose Royale would be doing the kind of coat check, and people would just get up and do these lip syncs. Mm. I don't know. I was, I was I was introduced to it from a way that I'd never never seen it before. You know, and it was um, they have they have they're very they're very switched on to their legacy and their yeah. history there, which I think we are here too, but in a very very different way. But that. That the, you know the down it was specifically the downtown scene. It wasn't mm-hmm. the West Village. It wasn't um, 
Chelsea. It wasn't uptown. It was the it was it was the East Side. It was there, you know. Um, you well, know, going, going back to kind of like the performers, artists, and you know, and I've been written about all that kind of stuff in my dissertation at university. So going and being part of part of that scene was kind of like extraordinary. I thought, wow, what am I doing here? The Judson Church, you know, where happening started. Like, wow, what's that? All yeah. About? Well, I think LGBT plus history is so interesting and diverse, and I think we can often, you know, there were these big events that we tend to talk about. You know, you like your Stonewall and your Freedom Day parade, etc. And we yeah. talk about those things a lot, and they are obviously tremendously important. But I think what sometimes we fail to kind of recognize is that there are, were all of these pockets of LGBT plus people all over the world oh, who have their yeah, own history, yeah, who, absolutely. you know, grew from their own roots. Absolutely. And I kind of think we romanticize moments mm. and kind of pinpoint a kind of a, like a moment, the moment when the riot started. And that's the moment. Yeah. You know, but there's a whole kind of like history that went before that. Yeah. And there's a whole diverse range of people who contributed to that moment. Yes. And there's a whole load of people after that. You know, I don't with regards to what happened in the UK when kind of they changed they changed the laws, I don't think things necessarily got easier mm -hmm. immediately. I think things might have got worse. Sure. In that, you know, it's like maybe when as when people become more visible, they you know, they become more of a target, you know, so so, you know, there might have been that, those moments or those individuals who we kind of cling on to, but there's whole swathes of people and, the, and the, you know, the scene and the history and the culture changes and it ebbs and flows. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Lee Bowery stands out, but there's a whole load of other people in there that kind of were all part of that movement. Do you know what I mean? I do. I absolutely do. And I think I, uh, that's what I love about kind of like, the diversity of queer culture and, and, and queer performance even because I think it, it came from all of that and even yeah. if you don't understand the journey seeing these kind of finished products yeah. is, 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 is almost a sign of that it's almost telling that you know our, our stories and our history and yeah. I think that's wonderful and I, gu I guess what I love about everything you're doing as well is you know you have you know we spoke about drag already but you have your traditional drag queens and you know, you have your, I don't really like the term, but, you know, people talk about fishy drag queens, yeah. you know, people trying to look as, as feminine as possible. Yeah. And what I love about your performances and, and the people you work with is that it's often, it's, it's throwing away gender yeah. and saying, let's disperse of the rules, let's get rid of them and yeah. let's just do our own thing. And yeah. when, you know, it's not necessarily a man trying to be a woman or vice versa. It's just, let's break all the rules. Yeah. Let's make a, and, and at the end of the day, let's make an entertaining performance. Yeah. Yeah, well, kind of, you know, drag's kind of, well, obviously drag's a big conversation point at the moment, yeah. isn't it? I've been thinking about this whole gender thing. I was, in a, I was in the Tate. I went down with Barbara Bush, my friend Barbara Bush. Um, I think she changed her name down to, name to Jessica. I can't remember. <laughs> we had this conversation. I still call her Barbara Bush. <laughs> anyway, the toilets there said all gender toilets. Yeah. I was like, wow, I think that's what I am. All genders. I think I'm all genders. All genders. I like that. I, I like think that I'm all gender. But, you know, that's my business. Yeah. That's actually not anyone else's business. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like um, I project in a certain way and I, you know, this is me. You can see me now in jeans and T-shirt. That's what I kind of wear. But, in, you know, internally, and this is kind of when it got going into the work, you know, when you're cre creating kind of work, there's loads of different elements. So, you know, what is... You know, what is what is kind of drag, really? You know, and drag, I guess, traditionally was, and still very much is, a man dressing as to look like a woman mm -hmm. or using kind of like the um, <clears throat> external dressings of what society say women have. 
Yeah. And I think I kind of feel like you kind of almost need to talk that broadly now because I don't necessarily think that a pair of high heels are women's shoes. No, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because you can get into these conversations also about whether, you know, whether drag is kind of like misogynistic. I think sometimes it is. It can be, yeah. Whether drag is transphobic. I think sometimes Mm -hmm. it is. But it's not always. And I I think, um, you know, I started doing drag. I started wearing heels and a thong and smearing makeup on my face. (laughs) That was my first kind of drag. Is that drag? Yeah, I think I think it is, so. It is yeah, drag. I think in a sense. But are those are those heels women's heels? They were never made for women. They were size, they were size bloody kind of they're too big. Well, I think I think as well. I've seen I've seen drag where it, I've seen male to male drag even. I've seen you know a, oh, yeah, a, a yeah. male performer oh, come yeah, out yeah. and try and be as masculine yeah, as possible. Chains, body hair, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. And it's like um, and you know I first started doing that was it was <clears throat> I first started using drag. It was a reaction to. Um, Kind of the Chelsea late nineties, beginning of the noughties, gay culture, where body image and lifestyle. The nineties mm-hmm. got very about lifestyle. It was like a bigger, it was a bigger thing going on in the nineties. You know, Tom Ford, lifestyle. It was all about lifestyle. <laughs> the gays were all lifestyle, and I think it was the first time we'd really seen it. It was the teeth, and it was the body, and the clothes, and the attitude, and all that. And I felt it very alien, mm. alienating. And it, it's kind of like assimilated now. It's become like normality. Um, but yeah, so that's why I first started doing running around with nothing on, like fuck your lifestyle, or kind of that kind of thing. And and it's become what it has today, which I think is inc- incredible. You have a you have a show coming up, um, the Unroyal Variety. The Unroyal Variety. Tell us a little bit yes. about that. Well, the unroyal variety is a sort of um, it's 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 like a it's like a um, it's a stage for me to share all my wonderful contemporary performers and give them you know the chance to perform on a massive stage in front of so many people, and I kind of thought the variety raw variety was such a great format and such a great um, mainstream. Um, performance mm. to be um, undermined, to be shaken <laughs> up. Yeah, to be, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not as big as it was uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But it used yeah. to be like, it was a thing. So I remember it when it was like a thing. And so kind of like, I kind of, I referenced the old school, you know, it's a variety show. It's it's not, it's not a cabaret. It's a, it's an old school variety. We have the band, we ha- I have the dancers, it's, I have the guests, you know, it's, um, but it's the kind. It's the kind of show that you go along to and you dance and you get involved rather than a sit down watching. No, kind you sit of down show. and watch. It goes oh, on it's a sit down hours. watch. Oh, oh okay. absolutely! Wow, okay. God, yeah. Oh my God, it's a sit down show. Amazing. You sit down. The curtain opens and yeah. the show happens in oh, front of you. Oh, brilliant! Oh yeah, you get an hour, about an hour and fifteen, hour and a half. You have a break, sit back down again, and you get another hour and a half. Oh, it sounds inc- it sounds oh, absolutely it is, it's incredible. incredible. So yeah. I'll open it with a band, sing, dances, and I've got Mario Dubois who does a does a bit I've got um, who have I got in there I've got Moan Rizwan it's a great um, comedian yeah he's incredible I've got um, Lucy McCormick fantastic um, new young kind of like radical performer who's doing a duet with Christine they're going to go on waffle on for god knows how long um being amazing of course um i've got i can't even remember i've got this amazing performer coming over from america adrian truscott who's just yeah, another kind of great feminist performer i saw in edinburgh i was like wow she, she's just brilliant and um, brandon my friend's coming over from new york um gato chocolate's doing some new work with um adrian um bourgeois maurice they're doing yeah this, these are all these are all the top queer 
international artists who are working at the moment. Yeah. They, are, they are the best. They are the best, come, they're the best underground, best radical. Some of them are kind of like emerging onto televisions. We've never gone to television because they're just too radical. Yeah. You know, these are the... These are the best that I can bring from all around the world. We've got people. I've had there's come people from Australia. I've had more from Australia before. I'm always on the lookout. Often it's trying difficult to try and hard to hard to get people. Like I was, I was going to have a few more Australian performances, but they're kind of like their kind of work commitments got in the way. And it's an ensemble cast. So there's a lot of people from you know the first two years. Jade Adams has been in it every year, so she's a continuation. You know Diane Chorley's been in it for the first two, but we're going to have her in the box because I need to have her in the room. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, a, sure. It's a, it's like I kind of I kind of see it almost like a sort of queer comic strip. I don't know if you remember sure. the comic strip, the comic strip from like the late eighties, early nineties. It was the beginning of alternative comedy with Aid Edmondson, French and Saunders, Rick Mail. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay, were, they yeah. were they were the comic strip. It was this kind of like group, and they kind of did the um, Secret Policeman's Ball, which was a big variety show for Amnesty International. I kind of see it as being in the vein of that. So sure. It's an ensemble of people who do, who always work, come back every year, come and create this incredible spectacle. And I, I think you've you've almost built yourself a, a reputation of bringing so many queer artists together. That's something I feel like you've done consistently. Yeah, you know, you've, really you've reached out to people that. from all over yeah, and brought I them like together. It. And I like, like doing that. Uh, the the glory, for instance, you yeah. know, constant queer performers. And I think that's amazing. And I think that you've, you've done that for, for London, for our yeah. wonderful city, yeah. is, is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe you were named, like, top 50 Londoners for, oh, like, adding to Londoners. diversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, no out. big deal. Just top no, 50 Londoners. That was nice. That was really nice. That's with time. I'm doing their um, 50th party. They've been very supportive of the glory, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've, yeah we're very lucky the glory. And... Um, you know, creating your own work, you know, having to deal with your own eagle, ego, yeah. it has its peaks and troughs, you know, and sometimes I get a bit tired of those peaks and troughs. Sometimes I get, yeah, sometimes I'm a bit like, can I really manage myself anymore? Sure. And, um, you know, creating, uh, creating, seeing other people do stuff on stage is really exciting. You know, yeah. the lip syncing competition, seeing young queers kind of, um, they're clapping grand, rolling about in <laughs> front of their contemporaries. Yeah just having the time of their life is just so joyful yes, and absolutely. so life-affirming and so relevant and says so much without them having to say, hello, this is my gender, this is my um, preferred pronoun and this is my story of kind of what I suffered at school. You yes, know, this is them going out and just being like, just being and ex explains everything and it's just so, it's just so kind of like um, rejuvenating and energising. So it's something like that is so important. And then um, you know, bringing in performers who the scene my audience haven't seen you know, inviting straight artists in, invi inviting women in. Yes. You know, because often in these in these environments, you get a lot of drag. Yeah. You get a lot of yeah, men. Yeah, 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 sure. You, get, you see a lot of men dressed in drag. You don't often get, you know, we, we, you don't often get many women. Absolutely. So I like to bring, you know, if, if, as soon as I say, oh, come on, you've got to come and just, come and sing, do some music, come and sing mm -hmm. brilliantly, you know, come and, you know, be a, be a rock chick that you are. Yeah, I, I and I and I love that it can. I love that performance can be political without trying to be political. You know, just oh, just yeah, being absolutely. authentically I, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think that often often says a, you know says a lot. I think it's um, there's a huge amount of kind of identity and gender politics going on at the moment, which is very exciting. Mm. It's challenging, but it's exciting actually. It's you know 
this conversation around pronouns, I'm kind of like, you know, I've, I've said this to a few, quite a lot of people, you know, we use they all the time. It's already we there. We do, we yeah, we absolutely do. If you didn't know my gender before I walked in the door, you'd have referred to me as they. Yes. If I was just called Bonnie, and you weren't sure if Bonnie was going to be a bloke or a woman, you'd have referred to me as they. Without so difficulty. We already do it. Yeah. We already do it. So I, have, I don't have a problem with that. And at first you might go, oh, a bit like that. Um, so it's exciting. But I do... I do I, when I when I kind of see young you know when I see new performers transcend kind of like the language and because they're already doing this with the way they dress and the way they perform and I'm like oh, just kind of just kind of be you don't necessarily have to tell me just kind of be and just it's gonna be. you know the power of what you're doing will be um, will probably be leave a much more kind of lasting impression absolutely I, I could not agree more yeah. I think it's time for a bit of music yeah, we're um, gonna play. so we're going to have we, uh, we exclusively play LGBT plus artists on oh, the station oh who's it going to be so we're going to play a little bit of Boy Blue this is Notice Boy Blue who's that See you walk into the room before you notice me. I love the way you that look to walk your eyes, the sounds you make when you flow by. Love the way you I'm thinking again that I wanna go back and make some shit up on writing a story. But now that you're in it, I wanna let this untouch me like it makes up your whole body. Yes, I'm writing a story, I'm writing a story. I don't know what language you're speaking. Just show me something I can believe in I don't know what else I should say So I lay here like I don't even notice 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 Maybe this time I'll So we're just having a little conversation here and we were t- kind of talking about the the London scene and I was talking about how your club, the yeah. Glory, is, is is so inclusive. You know, every single time I go in yeah. there, I see such a range of LGBT plus people or, or allies, you know, just people who want to be in that space. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's really important. Uh, different ages. We're kind of like myself, John and Colin. Mm. We're kind of like, I'm, we're both mid 40s. Uh, we were all in our kind of like mid to late 40s. So, you know, at, the, at one point you, you want to kind of, you, we like to have the new kind of like queens coming in with the lip syncing competition. So, you know, I'll be having conversations with 18, 19 year olds and, um, you know, people in their 20s. But then, you know, we want to do stuff for kind of like guys in their 40s. Yes. Or guys which are older. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I'm often at the back of my head thinking, oh, God, why are we doing enough for women? You know, which I don't think we are at the moment. We mm. did like last year, this year, I think we've gone a bit... We haven't, we're not doing that many great things for lesbians at the moment. So, and I'm not trying to be diverse. I'm just kind of trying Try to think of, I just... I, make I'm, people feel I'm, welcome. I'm interested in a mixed crowd. Yeah, absolutely. In a mixture of people. I, th- I, th- I think so many, so many spaces, and not just London, everywhere, they, they tend to kind of focus on your gay man. And not just gay man, it's often young, white, cis gay man. And, yeah. you know, I, think I don't think that's always on purpose. No, no, I think, no, no. I think often in these conversations, people would like there was a one article in Days to Confused, which which was which was like all the venues are owned by white cis gay men. It's like, well, do you not do you know no one's stopping someone else Opening stopping one. up the money to open yeah, up yeah. one, especially in East London. I kind of, especially kind of like in East London because these venues are owned by um, by individuals who have kind of. Save that money mm. and put, you know, risk life saving. Yeah, 
to open a business. Absolutely. That's kind of where, that's actually where, how something starts. Yes. Is that we're not some kind of like a mafia. We're not some organization. You know, it's like we're kind of, you know, I, have, I actually have nothing. Yeah. You know, that's the truth. Yeah. I actually have nothing. I don't own any property. You know, I've only just started to get savings this year. Yeah. You know, I needed to kind of create a business. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. When I, kind of, when I kind of hear these things, I'm like, oh, come on. Do you really understand where these businesses start? But anyway, so I don't, so I think, I don't think of these, yeah, I think there's, I don't think all this is always intentional. Sometimes well, it is, of course. Well, what would you say about, for instance, and this isn't an issue I've ever seen in any East London yeah. venue, for instance, but I've seen this at, in other venues. You yeah. know, I've personally seen, um, a group of lesbian women were once stood in front of me in the queue for a, a club that was supposedly LGBT plus. This yeah. wasn't, you know, a men only club. Yeah. This was supposed to be an LGBT club. Yeah. And they were in the queue in front of me and they were just quietly waiting. Yeah. Me and my friends, me and a, a, a bunch of gay guys, we yeah. were being loud, we were being boisterous. Yeah. They get to the front of the queue and they're turned away for being, in, you know, too drunk or too rowdy. But they weren't. They were just politely waiting. No. And then we were just let on through. And this is something. What that club was that? Oh, I feel like I shouldn't say. What? <laughs> I, d I don't want to get myself in any. I don't want to. I don't want to stir the pot here. But I'm just saying it's yeah, something that yeah, I. When I hear things like that, I kind of get it. I think it's because I do. I think it's because um, you know the East London venues. We're such a community. Yeah. And we all know each other. Yeah. And I've lived in Shoreditch since 1995. So when I when I was living in East London then, in the in the few years that followed, about ten bars closed. Yeah. In the area, which kind of like in this conversation, you forget actually, like a whole slew of bars closed, mm. and there wasn't much left. The joiners had just opened, and um, the George and Dragon didn't come till a bit later. Dawson Superstore, and you know, I know Richard, I know Matt and Dan. Um, and Dan, who owns Dawson Superstore. I know Lyle, who owns Vogue Fabrics. They know me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's a community. So we, so we it's really family. Can, we really can see. Yeah, so that is kind of, um, yeah, so when you when I hear a story like that, I'm like, oh, God, really? It's, it's, it's disappointing, I think, to, it's disappointing. to say the it's least. Just, it's, just, it's just, I don't know. I don't it's unnecessary. But but and, but this is what you know. What I'm saying is, I, I know you aren't trying to be yeah. like this this bastion of for the community. But yeah. I just think you're you're just trying to be a decent human. You're yeah, just yeah. trying to make your spaces, uh, you know, available to everyone. Yeah. And uh, I think it's an amazing thing. And I think you should be celebrated for that. Yeah. Well, we got very very deep, so I thought we'd have a little bit of fun. Okay. Um, so this is a game we like to play on the show. It is a very popular game amongst our listeners, and it is oh, called yeah. Porn or Not Porn. Oh. So I have five sound clips here, um, and you're going to have to guess whether these are from porn or from not porn. And apparently, I'm being told that it is International Talk Like a Pirate Day today, so that's the theme. So these are either pirates or porn. Uh, what pirates do you know? <laughs> Captain Pugwash. <laughs> I also do not know the answers to these, so we're going to be working together. Porn or pirates? Porn or pirates right, okay. is, the, is the name of the game. So are you ready for your first clip? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Leonardo's. Mm, sounded sound very piratey. Do it me. again. Leonardo's. Leonardo's. Yeah, it's, it sounds quite piratey. Leonardo's. <laughs> I'm going to go for pirates just so I can find out what pirates, who's, what access to pirates you have. Yeah, what, I've, I suppose you've got pirates of the Caribbean, haven't you? Yeah, you know, there's all, all kinds of pirates. pirates. Pirate cartoons, Captain Pugwash, like you said, which was outrageously scandalous innuendo innuendo pirate. galore pirate yeah. okay we are saying pirate for number one the answers are please oh I am not being told the answers there we go 
It was it was porn. It was a pirate babe pleasing Captain's cock, apparently. And they're saying it was an honor, sir. Pirates were yeah. Okay. So there so we go. So it's kind of a so porn pirate. Porn pirate. It was kind of a bit of both. Bit, uh, that's bit, a bit, bit of both. a trick so question that was a, there. That was a bit. <laughs> All right, next one. one. I'm a bit nervous myself. I'm a bit nervous myself. I think that's a pirate. I think that's a pirate. I feel like this might be Pirates of the Caribbean. That might, like because he was said. kind of talking a bit like that, wasn't yeah. he? I've never seen anyone in porn. Porn ever speak I'm a like bit that. nervous myself. They'd have been like, oh, I'm a, I'm a bit nervous myself. <laughs> or it would just been really bad acting, and that sounds like expensive acting. I think it sounds like expensive acting. Should we hear it again? I'm a bit nervous myself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I think pirates. Yeah. yeah. Final answer, pirates. And the answer is, it's not porn, and it is from Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. Um, this is, Norrington is promoted to Commodore and proposes to Elizabeth. There you go. There we go. Don't know who any of those people are. Never, <laughs> Me neither. I've not a clue. Seen it. Never not seen a it. clue. All right, our next one. I will always come. I will always come. That's what I heard there. I think that's also a pirate. Mm-hmm. I think they're all pirates. Play again. I will always come. I think it's a pirate as well. That's I will always come. He's saying porn, something else. A porn star wouldn't say that. No, would they? why would they? They'll just go, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. Yeah, exactly. I will always come. Yeah, it's yeah. just not happening, is it? I, yeah, I think it was... I think where would the pirate come from? I will always come. Yeah, but who is the pirate? I have what no pirate? idea. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know any of them. Like some old movie or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know any of the pirate movies. Don't know many pirates. Where is it? Where is it from? Uh, we are saying pirates... And the answer is, this is not porn. It's from The Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Okay. Um, I've not seen that either. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I was told to see it when I was at university. I think it's a bit of a university kind of like, oh, mm. everyone's got to watch that. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair. <laughs> All right, our next one is... What are you doing? I'm breathing. Do that again. What are you doing? I'm breathing. I think that's a pirate. I think that's a pirate. I think that's a pirate as well. I think they're it's, trying to trick I us think into thinking that's porn. Porn, and there's is there a woman in the background. Yeah, or and it sounds and like she's moaning, but it doesn't sound like a sex moan yeah, to me. Go on. What are you doing? I'm breathing. <gasps> God, get me away! I've got to get away from uh, the. Yeah, it's a fear, isn't from it? The pirates. It's somebody who's yeah. scared. Yeah, yeah, we're saying pirates. This is not porn. Yeah. The answer is. Uh-oh. Drum roll, please. Oh, oh no. This is porn. Abby Brooks stars in Pirate Ship Orgy. <laughs> a pirate was having a panic attack because he had sex with his cousin. Abby calms him down. Then they have, they have an, an orgy, orgy with all the crew members on the ship. The plot lines to porn. Who is Abby? <laughs> I, I is wish I knew. Abby Brooks? I wish I knew who Abby yeah, Brooks was. I, I really, really do. Any more? All right, the last one yeah. is... Could raise a man's blood... Well, that's just a pirate. I see. I think this one might be porn, and I feel like could raise a man's blood. Like it seems too obviously a pirate. If it is porn, it's vintage porn. Yeah, from like the sixties. Yeah, or it could be could be a pirate. I don't know anymore. Could raise a man's blood. Oh, we've got a picture of Abby Brooks oh, here. We've got she a picture looks of Abby Brooks. She's typically pornographic. Fantastic. She's yeah, typically she's pornographic. She's a lovely, lovely lady. Yeah, thank you, so, knockers, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we're saying for the last one. Pirate. Pirate. Okay, last one is pirate as well. Scores on the doors. 
It's not porn. The ghost of black. Oh no, yeah, the ghost of Blackbeard. I think I've, I feel like I've seen the ghost of Blackbeard. Have you? Mm. I haven't seen any of these movies. I'm not. I'm not I, really think ghost, I think the ghost of as old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's old. Well, you did say vintagey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, but well, we but we went with pirate, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think we did quite well there. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be reacting to your sex confessions in a little bit. So if you are listening, send you can send those in anonymously by emailing Callum at foobarradio.com. Surprise! What is this section? Our lovely listeners send in their confessions and their questions, and we and we give them advice. I'm really good at giving sex advice. <laughs> Great! We're going to be going to be perfect for this next bit. Then I'm looking forward to this. I didn't know I was going to be a <laughs> sex therapist. All right, let's have a little bit of music. Let's have a little bit of "Girlfriend" by Christine and the Queens. Chris. Having a delightful little conversation there, and I almost wasn't, I almost wasn't ready for the end yeah. of the song there. Um, we are going to be reacting to your sex confessions um, now, so thank you so so much to everyone who has sent those in. Um, we've had quite a few here. Would you like to read the first one, Johnny? First one is my first ever grinder hookup. Handed me a Nando's napkin to clean up. Clean up. Ooh, clean clean up like the 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 ejaculation yeah, deposit spunk, the spunk the deposits. Or I mean I, you know why not you just use what you have you just use hand. whatever is there the <laughs> question is though were they in Nando's at the time oh now that mm. would be good I'd be impressed with that I'd be very impressed with that yeah I once um, I once got told by somebody who worked in Nando's and I don't know if this is true that they get a lot of people going in there on dates and that, I know first date in Nando's wouldn't be my choice but um and it's quite typical that a man will, on the sly, ask for their chicken to be, you know, quite mild. But they'll ask for, like, the hot flag to go in it. Oh. So to, like, impress to make their hand. day. Oh, really? yeah, oh, so so that, and I just... I wouldn't mind going to Nando's um, for a day. I quite like Nando's. I like, I like Nando's. I think it depends on the vibe. Sometimes I like a just really chill, let's have a conversation. Chicken. doesn't matter where we chicken. are. Chicken. Everyone loves chicken. It's fairly healthy food, actually. <laughs> Surprisingly expensive. Mm. Isn't yeah, it? Surprisingly expensive. It is. You're it's not, not that cheap. You're not wrong. Anyway, so clearly, um, so maybe the person they were shagging wasn't as cheap as having a Nando's napkin might imply, and we don't know where the hookup was actually happening. There we go. I will never, so tr- I will go. never trust those it's people. It's not a question. It's just a statement. <laughs> I will never trust the people who have like designated like ejaculation wipes by the bed. You know, this is a this is this is a thing that people do now. Oh, there's often a, a t-shirt or a sock lying somewhere, and <laughs> just roll over and just rub it just, in. Just rub Fine. it in. I'm a bit of a mess. <laughs> All right, our next one is... Yeah, but me too, me too. You know, nothing to waste. I know, nothing um, Can you put something up your ass while wanking and still enjoy it if you are straight? No. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. How dare you. <laughs> of course you are. But I do feel like this is a quite a common question that yeah. a lot of straight people seem to ask is, you know, they think that somehow having anal sex or doing anything to do with their ass makes them inherently gay. It's just person listening. Of course uh, you can. Yeah. And put it up there, babes. Because, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a gay man. I don't actually enjoy anal sex myself. Yeah. Um, and there's an assumption that all gay men do and all straight men don't. And, yeah. You know, I think if 
that we yeah well yeah you most men you have, have a prostate you can. Yeah. you've got your you've got your you've got your prostate up there yeah I don't know. It's like, is it just the prostate, or is there all sorts of things going well, on? Well, there's up a there? lot of rimming. Yeah. That's a thing. That's like a, you know, that's one of my favourite things to do and have done. You know, so I'm sure there are straight men who kind of love having that done to them. Yeah. And, do you know what I mean? And some people are very sensitive down there. Some people aren't very sensitive down there. You it's know, a lot of nerve people, endings. It's yeah, a lot happening. There's, there's a whole, you know, like there's a whole lot of stuff going down there. You know, like women, trans guys, other people who don't have prostates, they also really enjoy anal sex. So. Can you put something up your ass while wanking and enjoy it whilst you're watching daytime TV? <laughs> if you're straight, <laughs> absolutely. A bit of Jeremy Kyle on the background. Oh, God, that's it. it. When you're having a wank and you realise Lorraine's still on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> can I wank and have Lorraine talking in my ear? <laughs> well, it's like the whole, can you have sex with the, an animal in the room? I'm like, really like, no, I need to lock them like out. I don't like that. I don't like I'm when like, you they go need around someone to go out. An animal, get the, get the cat out. <laughs> get that dog out. I don't, just look at you like, like, like uh, Yeah, it, I, it makes me really uncomfortable. But yeah. some people, they just think that's normal. They, yeah, dog sits too. on the end of the bed, they go at it. I think it's weird too. It's, it's, I think you even having a wank with an animal in the room. <laughs> it's too much, I yeah. agree. Alright, do you want to read the next one, Johnny? Not a sex confession, but I thought you might be able to help. I'm, I know I'm gay, but I don't want to come out because I'm not flamboyant and don't think I'll fit in with the gay community. I just feel like I might be too straight to be gay, if that makes sense. Too straight to be too gay. Straight That's to a be t-shirt, gay. isn't it? <laughs> too straight to be gay. Oh, babes. Babes, indeed. Like, Come out. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really know what to say to that. I kind of feel like, um, yeah, they obviously don't know many gay people. Yeah, because... I think there are loads of representations now on TV of gay people who aren't crazy, nutbag, flamboyant. You know, there's tons on Coronation Street, mm-hmm. on EastEnders. I think there's quite a lot now. Yeah, I, there is, I think we are getting better with representation. Yeah, I would have thought, I would have thought. I don't think... I think most representations of gay people tend, and also television, probably tends not to... Lean the to, other way these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, tend not to kind of have that going yeah. on. Oh, mm. just get out, get out, come out, babes. Yeah, and I think it's, I think when you do come out, you'll meet more and more gay people, and you'll start to realise that there are so many people like you, and there are so many, you know, there are many different types of gay people as any kind of people. Well, I think the, I think the question here is like this whole notion of coming out. If this person is genuinely listening and they are yeah. kind of responding, is this you you come out in your own time, and you come out. What do you mean by come out? You mean come out to your friends? Do you mean come out to your family? Are you out to your family? Yeah. Do you remember kind of identify openly as being gay? You know, it's one it's one step at a time, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I think this is a thing. I think this is a, this is the thing that uh, people who want to come out and how to connect with other gay people and might find the gay scene intimidating, or the. Um, or the apps intimidating, yeah. and I think maybe that's maybe that's partly where 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 we are with this kind of like mm. question. Actually, this kind of like statement. What we need more space. Is that what, you know, it's not even more space. It's how do you engage, or how do you find connections with gay people if you don't want to be to on do a those things, gay yeah. scene? And the apps aren't really that kind of like because there's so that's, there's, there's a whole sexual language going on there. You have got to get through all that. You know, it's like I often often think is, I don't know. Sometimes if someone young or someone who inexper- inexperienced kind of like messaged me on Grindr or Scruff or something, and I just don't want to get off with them. You know, sometimes I, you know, sometimes I just don't reply to people I don't want to get off with. Yeah, I, just don't, I think you know. Otherwise, I think that's fine. But sometimes you just need to kind of give give some people a bit of an explanation. If it's if they're like, oh, this is my first time, I really fancy blah blah blah. 
I think, okay, maybe you, do, you need to reply to these people and go, oh, yeah, thanks for messaging. I you think know, you're not really for me. Yeah. You know, good luck, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Give them a little bit of support and welcome support, them. You know, and, and, you know, and I think that the glory, too, is like, you know, I'd want people to think they can just come in and maybe try and find someone, which is, I, well, I like our box. We're not, we're not super cruisy. We're a bit cruisy because I think people like a bit of that. Not too cruisy and it's chatty and you can kind of get lost in the shadow a bit. Yeah. You might start talking to someone or kind of, do you know what I mean? So I, um, there's probably more going on with this question than just something as simple as that. I think, I think sometimes from the outside looking in as well that things can often seem a little bit intimidating and more intimidating than mm. they are. Like I know sometimes... You know, you walk into a gay bar and you see a drag queen on stage, for instance, and yeah. they may be doing a routine or whatever, and you may, you know, amazing performance, and you may find that a little bit intimidating and that person a little bit difficult to approach. But I've actually found that, you know, over the years, going out onto the gay scene and talking to people, it's often these people who are the most out there, who are the most flamboyant, who, you know, your drag queen or whoever it is, who are actually the most welcoming. Yeah. And I've always kind of, like, lovingly referred to them almost as, like, the hostesses yeah. of the gay community and I think that's quite nice sometimes you know to realise that, that that person isn't going to harm you or hurt you if anything they're going to welcome you in and yeah. bring you into the community Yeah, and it's really important Yeah, and I think maybe sometimes if you're going into a late night West End bar when everyone's drunk and you know wailing around you might be a bit like Ooh, <laughs> yeah it's a bit overwhelming take you a while. or a bar which feels very cruisy and you're like Ooh, yeah. where's my local gay pub there aren't that many I, I do find they're a lot more welcoming, though, your little yeah. gay pubs sometimes. But there are that many. That's true. Yeah, it's a, that's a dying breed. Yeah. All right, our next one is, I fantasize a lot about an orgy with the couples that are my best friends. I just can't help it. Fabulous. Uh, yeah, I think fabulous, too. Good and, for you. Uh, you know, for Enjoy all you that. know, if these, couple, these couples may be open to that, they may be open relationship, they may be open to threesomes. Can have a little bit of a just fantasize is fine. You yeah, gotta, you've got to be aware. <laughs> you know, you might kind of you might ruin a friendship. You might ruin a relationship. Yeah, I mean, I just can't help. It's fine. Well, you know, fantasizing, wanking, you know, is is totally fine. And you can you can actually make these these fantasies. That's you know, I'm sober now. Yeah, and um, so I find the apps great use. Thank God for the apps. Yeah, I'm very happy with them. Yeah, because otherwise I really wouldn't have a sex life. Oh, that's and interesting. You can actually. What I've learned about in sobriety, you can actually quite successfully negotiate the sex that you want, mm. actually, and people don't mind you talking about it. Yeah. People, um, most people come with insecurities, most people come with boundaries. Mm. You know, when people are on drugs, you know, insecurities and boundaries are you know, shot to the yeah. wall. But when you actually, if you can find other people, and there's a lot of people online who don't drink and don't take drugs, and you can find them out, and there's a lot of couples online who are looking for a third yeah. who don't want to you know a meth head they yeah, kind of that's like a sort of I like it, a guy who can play with you can make this you can make this happen happen you absolutely can you can actually yeah. just say to it's people very find someone who is look I'm just totally given sex life totally <laughs> find someone a couple who are sober you know um, have the have the safe sex preferences that you prefer mm. and, you know, have a conversation and you can probably make it happen. And I, I must admit that whenever I talk to anybody who is, you know, very open about their sexuality and very sex positive, I find it I find it very attractive. You yeah, know, when I somebody comes and they're very open and just this is what I like, this is what I want to do. Are you interested? If not, that's cool. But yeah. if you are interested, let's get this show on the road. Let's just keep wanking over your face. <laughs> All right, next one. This one's for you, Johnny. This one here. I had a hookup, and the same day I met my present husband for another hookup. All at an airport. Oh, wow. Airports make me really horny. 
Yeah, there is something about them, isn't traveling, there? I get really horny traveling. I do as well, yeah, and I, I wonder why that is. And as soon as I get off and get in a hotel, I always have a wank. Yeah, you, ha- you have to. Yeah. Do you think it's or like... always get online or something. Do you think it's the confined space or like that you're... You're sitting there thinking, well, you're thinking, well, you're... I, gen- I generally don't always like to read. Sometimes when I'm traveling, sometimes if I... Reading fills up a lot of time sometimes, and sometimes you just like want your head just to go to complete mush. Be told what to do, when to do it, sit down, stand up, Go over there, eat, sleep, eat, <laughs> get off, get out. Yeah. And actually sometimes it's really nice. And in that time you can really go on a sexual sexual fantasy. Little sexual foray. Yeah, especially if you've got a nice air steward or something like that. Which they that quite often I find. There's there's usually one. Yeah, there's usually one. There's usually one. Yeah, there's usually one. Gives you a few extra peanuts as well if you behave yourself, which Never is always nice. Um but yeah, it sounds like you had a uh, sounds like you had a good time. Um I'd settle for an upgrade. okay our next one um when i was five or so i would rub a cushion slash teddy between my legs because it felt good in hindsight hindsight, dot 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 dot, dot. i don't know what the hindsight is about i mean i think child sexuality mine was very present at a very young age that's very interesting i feel like mine was too i think most people was yeah and they're just yeah a bit more closed about it i think the more everyone says about it i've written poems about it I've sung about it mm. I've written about it yeah I had very very vivid um, dreams about kind of naked men and all that kind of yeah. stuff right from the start absolutely well I, I, I remember being eight years old and um, voicing genuinely at eight years old voicing what I now understand would be a BDSM fetish to my friends thinking that it was completely normal and being like oh I was thinking about doing this would be really fun this would be really interesting and my friends just looking at me like I was an insane person at eight years old Uh, but it's really really stuck with me that 20 years later I've realised yeah mine's really stuck with me too because I think there's a lot of guilt as you get older because you don't know how to process them. Mm. There's one, and there was this guy, this older guy who used to live down the road. And I left this village when I was eight. So def- it was definitely before I was eight. And I was sexually attracted to this man. He must have mm. been about 35, 40. Yeah. I was definitely, I was fascinated and, and intrigued by mm. him. And I think I would flirt with him. That's really interesting that that was that, that was I quite enjoyed that memory. Yeah. I've got another memory about a dream I had where I was kind of, it's involved horses and kind of horse shit and oh my gosh I can't remember I think it was my headmaster or something and I, was, yeah. I felt really guilty about it for years actually my friend Brandon was like let's write, like, let's, let's write a poem about it well it's because there is there is so <laughs> much shame and you know anything that's slightly like you know not as normal as the mainstream would have us believe we, we do internalise and we do see it yeah, as shameful child, and, child and, sexuality know. is wild and rampant and boundaries are all over the place and it's definitely nothing I think you should be so if this was when I was five I'd rub a cushion between my legs it felt like good I think good. Uh, in hindsight dot 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 maybe I should have felt bad that's kind of feels like where that's yeah going, but no like don't worry about it if, if it felt good you in, in cushion it's just a cushion you know you weren't violating the cushion <laughs> as for the teddy don't worry about it yeah and I, I and I slut I genuinely feel like it's probably a thing that a lot of people at that age did you know they don't maybe not remember it but yeah. We've, we've all been there um, I think we have time for just one more um, I'll let you have this one as well Johnny just for you when I first realised I was gay I had a girlfriend and I stayed with her for two years even though I was secretly who come up with the guys I will ne- never get over the guilt of it oh and I just wish I'd come out and told her earlier I lost my best friend over this Aww. oh don't worry get over it it's fine <laughs> let it go it's fine let it go that's <laughs> kind of like I don't know I imagine that's kind of what it's like coming out as we said before people come out in their own time and yeah. it kind of amazes me that people kind of still have 
um, questions and issues over kind of their sexuality because I for me it was so easy but um, so but it's it's a real thing even now isn't it mm. you know don't worry about it well, don't I, get don't worry about the guilt it's kind of like it's life is tough absolutely you, you know you, you know. don't know you don't know your situation it's we have doubts society pressurizes you and yeah you might have fear totally I lost my best friend over this you can get these people back into your life. That's a good point. Yes, you absolutely can. Absolutely. You haven't lost anybody. Conversation. Pick up a phone. Write a letter. Confront, get, get in touch. You haven't lost anyone. You'll know if you've lost them by, by the way they react. Maybe, they, maybe they've just moved on. And if they do and react badly, moved you on, don't need Then you them. also need to move on. And kind of as long as you're at peace with yourself. Well, what a, what, a, what a fantastic note to end on there, Johnny. That brings us to the end of the show. Um, for our lovely listeners who want to come see the Unroyal Variety, want to come and see any of your work or just, you know, follow you uh, on the internet, where would they do that? I'm not very good at following on the internet. <laughs> um, I am on Twitter and I am on Instagram at Johnny Wu UK. And obviously the Unroyal is at the Hackney Empire on the 19th and 20th of October. And of course, there is also the glory. I do stuff all the time. Yeah, you do. You're just all keep, over the place. Fing- fingers I'll, in all I'll the pies. Up. I'll probably pop up in front of you before you. <laughs> well, you've been an amazing guest. Oh, it's been it's a been pleasure. I'm going to play you out with a little bit of Imaginary Parties by Superfruit. Go to Imaginary Parties in a make-believe Ferrari, baby. Let's get fresh and know we know how. If that's what you like, but if you're driving, I'm down. We can make a movie, baby. You can be cable, and I can be west. Call me Tarantino because you and me know that is what I do best. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.